0: This is the Get a Life Podcast: X Cult Conversations. Hi, everyone! Welcome back to Get a Life Podcast: X Cult Conversations. Um. And I know it's been kind of a slow month for podcasts. That's because over on our side of the world, we have summer and it's like plus 30 here. And where I live, it's nine months of winter, eight months of winter. So we're soaking that up. So bear with us as we enjoy our summer on this side of the world. Today, we are joined with Carmen and guests, Ben and Floss. So Floss is from Australia And she is going to tell us about her experience working for UBT. And I think it is absolutely phenomenal that someone came forward like this to really relay their experiences that a lot of people who are not a part of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church have. And I think it's important. I think it's really important. So thank you so much, Floss, for joining us. Maybe do you want to start off by... Letting the viewers and listeners know
1: where you were working and who your bosses were. Yeah, sure. Well, firstly, thank you so much for um, having me. Uh, I'm really excited to be um, sharing my story and and my experience um, with uh, working for the Brethren. So I uh, was hired by um, UBT uh, about six or seven years ago. And I worked there for about a year and a half. Um, and so for those of you that don't know, uh, UBT is um, basically like the head office. Um, and so uh, there's different parts of the business. So they look after one school. So the the Brethren Schooling, um, they also um, look after changing all of the phones, the laptops and the cars to be brethren appropriate. So you know, making sure that the Uh, internet is the way that it should be. That You can't search, you know, anything um, that is not appropriate um, up. Uh, They also looked after all of the uh, finances. Um, They kind of did just about everything. And we also uh, organised all of the, uh, like the large events that that the Brethren had, including, I, I believe you had one each um, year that had all the members from around the world, so that UBT was um, in charge of organising that as well. Uh, And my boss's boss was Bruce Hales, so I did um, have some contact with him um, a couple of times. Wow. What what was (laughs) he like? (laughs) Um, I mean, I personally wasn't um, a big fan. Uh, He had... He was very... uh, he was very clearly uh, well respected, um, and you know, when we knew that Bruce was going to be in in the office, it was a really um, big deal. So of course, everyone um, that was part of the community was, you know, making sure they were perfectly dressed, the haircuts done. Um, you know, the women had their hair done and and their 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 bows, their headbands um, on at the. At the time making sure that you know everything was perfect um so for so for me and um other people who were not part of the brethren community we would typically kind of stay in the background a little bit i mean we were not really anyone who he was in, interested in seeing um but we did um i did have some contact uh with him uh, at one of the uh, events, which was a business event, um, and it was really teaching um, brethren, brethren, sorry, uh, business owners, to uh, how to make more money and uh, how to uh, capitalize on um, the the worldly people and their bank accounts. Uh, and <laughs> I, he was, um, I was standing with him and my boss one day and uh, during this event, and uh, some of the women were starting to arrive and they were having a conversation between each other about the Brethren women being, uh, you know, so beautiful and so pure. And I asked the question, well, what do you mean pure? Like, what does that mean? And um, they very kindly told me that um, all Brethren women are um, pure, um, and beautiful because you know they they follow in in you know the words so so eloquently and so beautifully um, unlike um, worldly women who are whores. So like myself, I was a whore, and um, because I didn't believe it, and I was found to be unattractive um, and whorish in in their eyes and in God's eyes, and I was. <laughs> I literally just stood
2: there and was like, oh. Can I I just ask what's wrong with that? Like, is there a problem with being a whore? I I mean, mean, no, but don't speak
1: to me as an insult.
0: What a word to use, though. Like, where I come from over here, like, if someone had said that, that would have been, like, we would take great offence to that right yeah like I can't believe someone who so
1: was did Bruce Hales himself say this uh yeah so both him and my boss it it, I was called a a whore multiple times at work that was the, the the one real experience that I had with Bruce and I was just like okay and kind of just walked away and I and and I was so shocked because one I'm not easily offended you can say pretty much anything to me and I'm not going to (laughs) care but in this particular setting and especially based on the experience as a whole that I had at UBT and with the Brethren community um, like you know within UBT it was just like another thing that made me you know feel not human I was so small and you know I was already small because I was a woman I was not part of the community and they you know also made mention of the fact a couple of times that I was living with my partner out of wedlock he had two children from a from a previous relationship out of wedlock and I'm covered in tattoos so I was just the bottom of the barrel and so I knew that when they were saying things like you know you're you're a whore because you don't do this and you don't follow this that it was really just like the biggest insult that they could give me um and so I took offense to it because one we're in a workplace and you probably yeah. shouldn't speak like that in a workplace Absolutely um, and, not. yeah and two you're also you're making it known that I'm well below you and that you see me as absolutely nothing on this earth. And that's what I found was hurtful about it because we're all human. We're all having a human experience and what you're doing and the way that you see things and believe things is that you sit on a pedestal and the rest of us are down in the in the swamps and are nothing and will then don't matter the complete
0: opposite of what you would think a christian mainstream christian group would be teaching, right like it's just the opposite yeah. yeah
2: yeah yeah that is so bizarre and and it's so like i'm not shocked i mean i am but i'm not like i thought you wouldn't be that stupid to do it to somebody outside i mean i've yeah. heard of him you know losing it with people inside but it, but it just shows how comfortable he is with his own behaviour, which is really, really, really sad. Actually, like you see yeah. people like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, is it is that that what he's then teaching the the rest of the community is it's not only okay to think like that, but it's okay to speak that way and to treat people that way, yeah. Yeah. because you know what Bruce says goes and if yeah. it's okay for him, it's okay for, you know, for, from a brethren point of view, if it's okay for him, it's okay for me. Um and yeah. I and but on that on the same token is it's really I find it really hard to Get angry and upset with people sitting within the within the Brethren community because they don't know any different. What they're looking at and what they're they're basing their their life and their life model on, is um a a a certain family and a certain belief um that they they don't know any different from that. That's what they know. So yeah, it's it's not like you know, it's not like as. As if I was to to say, oh well, I'm actually really interested in joining this community, and I know a whole different life, and then I go in there and then I change my behaviour to become like that because then you know then I would know better, um, but they but they simply yeah. don't, and I find yeah. that really sad because as you know, the world is is a great place people are beautiful and kind and you know loving and helpful and supportive um but they don't see the world that way and it's
0: quite- and that's why we do these podcasts is to, for education right it's educating the public it's also there has to be i think the time has come where accountability needs to be taken and that's that's why we're educating the way we're educating is because There should be no way that a leader of what they call themselves as a mainstream Christian church should be speaking that way, or even his 55,000 plus members that he has, letting them know that it is okay to be that way, right? No matter what their life is inside, that is not okay to treat another human being like that. And that's where the accountability has to happen.
2: Yeah. And it, and it kind of gives validation to all of our stories because you have moments of being like, is it just us? Like <laughs> it really gives validation to our stories saying, okay, so we, it, we're we right in saying that this, this culture is bad. Yes, we've said over and over, it's not the individual people. Like my mom, I think is innocent and there are yeah. other innocent people in there, but unfortunately the majority are like this and like it was your boss and your boss's boss. It's it's people like that that, that enjoy this system that thrive in it, and their behavior is so omnipresent because it is a system where it caters for it, and the leader is the main influence, and so his is his family, so everybody sort of follows suit, and that behavior is like normal.
3: Yeah, I think that's the most shocking part of it. Like we all knew this was a problem inside, but I don't ever remember hearing a report coming back that I, that one of the leaders. Um, I don't remember hearing this about John Hales. I know I never saw my grandfather act this way towards people that were not members of that, of our community. So I just find it so shocking. He would be so um, out there and actually treat people that are not part of the community in this manner. You know, it's one thing for him to do it inside where he's trying to bring about that brainwashing in everybody, but to go out, side of the community and do that is just it's it's really shocking to me it's, yeah, sad. It it's
2: very sad yeah it shows how comfortable he is with his behavior yeah. like it's yeah. normal and it makes me think sometimes maybe he does believe his own lies
3: yeah yeah like I remember yeah. watching my grandpa you know with home care nurses or 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 just people in the community and he never I don't ever remember him acting his meeting behavior out on mm-hmm.
0: on understand. people
3: from you know the outside community
0: and we should just let our viewers and listeners know that the grandfather that carmen's talking about is mr simonton who was also the man of god at one point um so when she refers to her grandfather he was bruce hales he was the bruce hales at at one point in time yeah so how long did you work for them for
1: um, I, it was, it was just over a year. Um, and honestly, it was pretty much a miracle that I lasted that long. I would
0: say so. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So when I, um, so when I got the job, I, uh, didn't know anything a- about the brethren community. I was just told by a recruiter, um, you know, you've got really good experience for this role. Um, are you happy working for like a a company that that are predominantly um uh how did she put it like conservative christian
0: Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. and i thought yep doesn't bother me i'm just gonna go and do my job um and so uh, i went to the interview um with my um future boss at that point um and i asked the question, you know, um, I've been told by the recruiter that you're a conservative Christian group. Do, do I have to be Christian? Do I have to be part of the group? And he said, oh, no, 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 um, it, it, it's just us. Um, and he said, I'm just letting you know we are not a cult. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, so in my head, I'm like, okay, so you're definitely a cult. If you have to tell me that you're not, <laughs> going to interview. Like, all right. Um, and so the world's most awkward been, interviewer. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I really that should have been the first red flag, but I just thought, okay, um, cool. Um, and so he, so I, I was offered the job, and then I was, um, given the instructions on how I was to dress and how I was to behave Um, and so my understanding was if I'm not part of your um, religious group you dress how you want to dress and I'll dress how I want to dress I'm you know it was quite formal so I certainly wasn't going to show up at work in you know short shorts and a boob tube but you know, (laughs) I was told you know have to wear um, long skirts have to wear stockings and because I had uh, or have tattoos, um, long sleeve at all times, can't, uh, minimal makeup and kind of dull colours. Uh, and at the time I had a lot of bright clothing uh, and I loved wearing, um, like I wore quite heavy makeup and it was like a red lipstick or like almost like a black lipstick every day. I was big on the lipstick at the time and I thought, okay, I can change that for work, that's yeah fine. Um, And then on my first day I was pulled aside and told that my shirt, so I was wearing a long sleeve orange T-shirt, it was too loud. It was bringing too much tension to me and I was just like, oh, uh, okay. I was like, I will not wear this again and I never did. I never put it back on so it was very um, muted uh, and I was also told I couldn't say hi or hey. I had to say hello. So yeah. when, when we Oh, agreed, my
2: God, I'm, I forgot about this. I remember that. that. Cool. <laughs> I used to work for a, the leader's son-in-law, so for another um, brethren business that had influence. And I remember being pulled up all the time for saying hi or hey or hey. Yeah. I usually say it in my, in my emails as well, and they're like, you have to say hello
1: yes we yes. Well, we had to say hello also otherwise you you definitely get pulled up with you shouldn't have said that in your email and I'm looking at the email thinking what do you mean it just says hi please find attached like there's no no you can't say hi I'm like oh, okay all right I won't say that again I wish um, we had
0: pictures of the photo books right now of how loud the clothing is that they wear right oh if yeah. I, I might add it. I might add it in here. If you see something, I'm gonna, I'll show. So I'll find some pictures and I'll give some examples of how loud the clothing is that people wear. I'll, I'll, I'll instill. I'll put them in here.
1: Yes, and so they made was, you wear stockings too? Yeah, so we had to wear stockings. And I tell you what, on my last day, I got in my car and I physically ripped them off my legs. I was I like, no, I'm never doing this again. And when I got home, I walked in the door. And of course, there's little bits of, of stockings still hanging off my legs. And I just walked in the door and my husband just looked at me and he's like, um, are you okay? And I'm like, it's done. It's <laughs> over. I'm out. And he was just like, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs>
3: That did they so give funny. you a like? Did they give you a biblical reason they were asking for this? Like, what is their belief that requires stockings?
1: Um. So all I was told was uh, the reason that you it, you just have to be um covered up, uh. And and I thought, okay, well I can be covered up, but I mean my ankles aren't really that sexy, but, I mean, I can cover them in stuff if you want, but I, I didn't understand nor was it really properly explained to me. It was just you need to be covered up. So everything was, you know, high, high neck, long sleeve. And I, I remember they were so strict on that that um, before we moved into the new office, it was a 40-degree day and the air conditioning had died. So it was incredibly hot in the office. And, of course, because I have tattoos down both my arms, I was in long sleeves and I was absolutely sweating and all I wanted to do was just roll my sleeves up. And I went to and they were like, Mm-mm. and so down it went. And so I was walking back and forth to the bathroom and literally just like splashing water underneath my top to cool down and then I would go back out. And then at one point I almost fainted and I just said, I'm really sorry, sorry. I have to go. I, I can't stay here for the day. Um, and they're like, yep, yeah. okay, no worries. And so I just walked out and I just got in the car and was just ripping clothes off. And I was like, how can you not even let me roll my sleeves up? Like my tattoos aren't going to yeah. jump off my skin and onto yours. Like it's fine. Like, but I'm just really hot right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't Tattoo. even know what to see. They maybe <laughs> thought they were contagious. Yeah. I mean, maybe I mean, the worst hand is, you know,
3: yeah.
0: Oh my. I'm just, I, yeah. I'm like, for the first (laughs) time I'm speechless. I'm like, I don't even know what to ask you next. (laughs) I just.
2: Just keep going floss. This is so interesting.
0: I want (laughs) to cry (laughs) for you at the same time. I'm like needing to pick my mouth up off the ground.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I was pretty much like that every day. I think like the more that I learned at first, I um, I was like finding it quite funny because I was like, oh, these, this is so weird. Like this is such a weird way of living. But, you know, people kind of seem nice enough. Like, you know, everything kind of, you know, was sunshine and rainbows when I first started. It was a bit strange, but everyone was really lovely. But the kind of the longer that I was there... Um, and the more that I was actually paying attention to what was going on around me, the more that I was like, oh, this is really not normal. Like this is not um, it's a really strange way to live. And then I saw, you know, I started to see nasty behaviour and... Um, uh, not only towards um, me and other people that were outside of the community, um, but, you know, inside as well, like it, they were quite nasty to each other. Um, but it was all, you know, like muttered comments. It was all under, under your breath. It was, it was never really a, a direct thing. So if, if anyone had an issue with another person, instead of just saying, hey, I've got, I've got an issue, like, can we talk it out? Um, it was just nasty whispers that would kind of go around and we would all know about it. Like, we would all know what was happening. But, um, and, I, and it was kind of like this bullying, it was like this bullying behaviour uh, that I really didn't, I didn't like and I didn't agree with because it was really, I mean, it was worse than high school because at high school you're dealing with this with like, you know, 12-year-olds, not, grown men yeah. and women in, in a business setting um who all spend every day at work together and then every day at church together and uh, so I, you, I can only imagine how much more was being said in the wider community based on what i was just seeing you know within the within the office space so my heart is with you on having to
0: wear those stockings because they were the bane of most women's existence and you know if they were just awful to wear besides the stockings what other rules crazy rules did they have in there regarding your attire
1: um so uh brethren women have to wear um like a covering on their head so they usually had bows uh or like you know headbands uh we were not allowed to being outside of the community we were not allowed to wear anything on our head so it just you know we could have a hair tie but no no ribbons no bows no headbands nothing that's ridiculous So
0: floss,
2: floss did you understand that the women wear it so they get extra protection from angels
1: uh no I I was not given a um reason not when I started I wasn't given a reason as to why they had head coverings I um I kind of put an assumption myself that um, it, you know in in biblical times um, you know women would wear headscarves and i just assumed it was the same kind of principle but you know more modern because we can't be wearing a headscarf well i can't but that they could not be wearing you know headscarf so they would go you know it's a bit more fashionable if you're wearing a headband or a or a bow but i i mean i i couldn't wear them now anyway that's not i would i would feel i would feel a little bit too brethren like if i was to put a headband or a big bow in my hair the whole hypocrisy (laughs) on
0: that is is their understanding and why their
1: women wear them
0: and then to deny another woman that right maybe you want to maybe you wanted to be like hey i want that kind of protection if you had known what it was for like the hypocrisy that's what i was getting at right to deny another woman that right like well, it blows my mind.
2: But it also it, it also ties back to what you were saying, the leader was saying in the beginning of this was that you know, the brethren women are so pure, the outsiders are just whores. So
0: Yeah. And you know what? I it's it's just it's sad. It's sad because how many women are in there that have been sexually abused and yet is not it's it's covered up. They're they're made to either Marry that person that abused them, or in that kind of a situation, if they're the same age, there's just so many layers to how they mistreat women when it comes to their purity. And mm. I think it's sad that they don't look at pedophilia in there as if they were so concerned about a woman's purity. Um, I'm taking myself for example, right? Like how young it was, that person took away that from me. And I never had a say in that, but yet he's still in there and I'm out, right? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Hmm. Um,
1: and I and, and then I started to to get really um I found it quite upsetting to see that um women in the in the brethren community were basically nothing. They were there to they were there to work until they were married and so they would you know leave on a random Tuesday at two o'clock to go to a wedding and then come back a few hours later um which I thought was wild because it's your wedding day it should probably be you know more than a couple of hours in in the middle of a work day but you do you um but once they were married that was it we wouldn't see them again they they were they were gone they were gone to have babies and clean the house and you know Keep, yeah keep the keep the households you know clean and tidy and food on the table and it was just really yeah it it, it was just really strange to kind of see that and I could see the pressure on, on some of the younger girls and so even though they weren't allowed to be friends with me I was actually friends with a couple of them like we only ever spoke at work because of course they had no social media. Um, And I remember talking to them and they were um, upset because they were kind of aware or had been made aware that they probably weren't, you know, pretty enough to be with someone um, and that they were probably not going to get married and, and if they did, like, probably wouldn't be for a very long time and I remember having this conversation with them where they were getting, you know, they're like, Oh no, we're just going to be, you know, single forever. And at first I kind of made a joke like, Oh, but you, you kind of all get married off. Like that seems to be like, you know, the thing that happens here. And they were just like, no, su- some of us just don't because we're not good looking enough. And there are, there are pretty, uh, there are prettier girls. And I was And I was like, well, that's really stupid. And so I made a joke to come to the dark side. I said, oh, if you come over to the dark side, I mean, I know heaps of single guys, like I can introduce you. And I remember (laughs) the look on their faces where they're like, oh, okay. And I was just like, oh, no, 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 I won't do that. Like I'll get in so much trouble and you'll get in so much trouble. But as we were talking, as soon as I said that our relationship changed in that, Um, they felt that they could talk to me a bit more and I was understanding. Mm -hmm. And they would Mm -hmm. quite often, if I was going into a meeting, they would quite often take my phone and scroll through my Instagram and my Facebook and, and, you know, go on Google and all the things that they absolutely weren't allowed to do. Um, And you could see them light up and just see that there was, they were seeing that there was something else, um, you know, outside of this, this the confines of of um, the the beliefs that they had grown up with and and the views yeah. on 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 the outside world on the dark side, which is you know not so dark. Um, well, no,
0: it's I would say it's much darker in there than out here. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. And the, and the funny, the
2: irony of all that is, they tell you all your life, you know, those that have left that, you know, how great the darkness, they've lost all the light. I'm like, no, it's actually the complete opposite. I've never been more illuminated with my life than ever. <laughs>
1: yeah
2: yeah yeah did you ever notice about
3: like the computers and the phones like you talked about preparing them so that certain things wouldn't couldn't be searched is is it like set programs or is it
1: yeah so so um so the the computers that we were issued uh, as well were completely blocked to everything so um quite often what would happen is if we were looking up a business Um, literally even trying to look up like a brethren business um sometimes there would be either a certain keyword or phrase that would be picked up in that search and it you you basically um were it was blocked off and it would come up with the with the to say that you can't go in because it's it's not appropriate and and that was it so then you kind of have to get around it so a lot of the time I was actually using my phone just to just to be able to look up a phone number of a business um but yeah so it was kind of shut off so I couldn't look at the news any website that had a video which is most websites have videos you couldn't yeah. see um, you couldn't look up you know I mean of, of course there was no social media there was absolutely nothing it was really really limited um, in what you could see and I remember having a conversation with uh, my boss at one point and I said you know I'm really struggling to do my job because I can't look up anything uh, and I said is is it so, is this the same on all the laptops and and he said oh yeah yeah and so he was kind of explaining you know uh we can't really see anything that is not approved um and it, and uh, like you know we don't want to see anything bad and i and i just said oh okay i'm um, fair enough and like if you don't want to see anything bad but you if you want to see something bad you really have to purposely look for it um, it's not just yeah. going to pop up on your screen um, and I was, I was asking about, you know, I said, is it, is it the same on your phones? And he said, yes, yeah, so it's blocked off. Like we can't download particular apps. It won't come up. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then he said the same thing about cars. He said, you know, they remove the radio. And so we can only kind of listen to particular music, which I later learned was um, because they had uh, like a heap of TV screens um, uh, around the office and they had a, I can't remember the name of the band, but it was their band with I think there was like 15 kids on there that were, you know, dancing and singing and they all had their outfits and they were songs that I'd never seen or heard of before.
2: Was it oh, the not choir?
1: It was, no, it was Northern something. There was something.
3: Okay. Um, I think they have their own music app. It's called the Trove app or something. Yeah,
1: it's Trove.
2: This was was seven years ago, Carmen. They wouldn't have had it then. I was back in there seven years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been like the BA choir, because I left seven years ago, so it would have been about that time when BA choir or some other group did a, yeah, something, and they listened to it. You wouldn't have heard the song, because there were some hymns or from the dinosaur era.
1: Yeah I, I heard so they were playing it was on a loop um, with the like music videos um, and and we would always see it and hear it when we went upstairs. so they had um, you know they had like a like a dining hall and like a chef. Um, so of course we didn't sit with each other. everyone was quite segregated as were the rules. Um, but, yeah, that's all the music that you could hear playing on a loop and then you would walk past and the, and they had, you know, little music clips to go with it and everyone was in matching colourful outfits and um, I was like, oh, this is pumping, like great music. Do you listen to anything else? And they're like, oh, no, we, we, we don't <laughs> listen to any outside music. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, do you watch movies or you know tv shows and they're like no no we don't we typically don't have tvs in our houses and when I was talking to my boss about that I was like oh and I was like so no tvs no 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 screens nothing and he said no and I and I like stupidly just said oh well what's all your furniture pointed at because like my furniture is pointed at my tv so I can watch it so what's what do you do with your furniture? And he said, we've just got a lot of chairs and they're all just, there's a lot of chairs so that we can have a lot of guests. And I was just like, <laughs> cool.
2: They literally right. are. It reminds me yeah. of a nursing home. All the chairs and lounges are around in a circle to fit like max 30 people. It's, oh.
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. None of that yeah. lounging in front of the TV. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, it's just lounging yeah. <laughs> in front of other people.
0: Yeah. Do you yeah. know yeah. that, on their phones or laptops, if you were to search up, like, say, a suicide hotline or a mental health hotline, would that be available? No.
1: Yeah. No. There is nothing um, to do with anything mental health, which I think is really dangerous, um, yeah. not just for that community, but for anyone on this planet, that you should have access to um, mental health services. Um, but, no, you couldn't. If, if you typed in you know, suicide hotline, suicide would flag. um, And so it would cut you off. Um, So I imagine that it would be quite difficult to um, get access to those services. And probably the only way that you would is if you were to, you know, be sneaky and go into um, a doctor's office and ask for, either ask for the physical phone number or get them to call on your behalf.
0: This is the part that I think is illegal and that they need to be called out on because I think of say myself being 16, right? And in the boat that I was in in there. And you know, you you initially want to reach out for help. So you think of a 16-year-old, 15-year-old, 14-year-old, 12-year-old that all of a sudden is so bottomed out and is like okay, I need to go for help, right? And they pick up their phone in that moment to get the help they need. And it is not available. And then the next moment they take their life because that's how it happens. It happens in a split second. You don't think about, I need to go talk to my parents. You don't think I need to go talk to my siblings or to a priest. That's not what you're thinking. You're think, you, your mind goes to literally, who, who can I get outside of this that can help me? And this is the part that I that we need to stress over and over and over that this has to be some way made illegal. They should not be able to have a charity status when people inside there cannot have access to mental health help because these are people's lives. And as as prominent as mental health awareness is nowadays, this is they are back in the dinosaur age and it should be brought to the authorities it should be brought to the charity commissions It should be brought to those people that have a say in this and they should have every person in there should have access to everybody else's access to mental health help and the suicide hotlines
2: definitely and in particular like so much for my community the gay community within there because I remember when I tried to commit suicide there was no help the only help I got was when the ambulance and the police um turned up and then ensured that I got to a mental health hospital and I spoke with somebody outside of the community that I realized that okay there is help on the outside but prior to that I had no one to call there was no no access to anything because of how you know frozen their phones and computers or how communist like their internet is mm. um, yeah I think it's a really important thing because people do commit suicide in there and I know they don't believe in suicide um, you know we were told over and over it's know, the Lord got to him before the devil did, but that's not the reality. That doesn't change the fact that somebody did commit suicide um, and end their life, essentially. So it's really, I think it's a really important point you've raised. Do you know if there's like any thoughts, any sort of, like, did you ever hear, of say I Googled um, LBGTQIA plus help on my phone. Obviously it's going to come up blocked, but was there anything you've ever heard of my phone then being flagged and notified with head office like UBT that, Hey, Ben's tried to access this because there's some stories going that people have shared where they're like, I don't know how they found out this, you know, they haven't told anyone, but they're wondering if the computers or the phones are linked to it, some sort of software that flags certain things you're looking up.
1: Yeah. So I think that, I mean, if it, my assumption would be that it, it would be the same as it was at, um, like within UBT. So anything that we tried to search up would, of course, be flagged, um, and they would know about it. Um, which is, in some respects, similar to when you're working in a normal office. There are some companies that that track everything that you do, and you you can be completely unaware of it. Um, th- there's nothing that comes up on your on your phones, on your emails, on your laptop, it's just that it's it's being watched. And um, what will what happens in in those scenarios is that the keyword will um come up, and then of course you can go back and see who's looked at it. So um, I know that it was like that within UBT. So I would assume that it would be considering that it was a company that was programming all of the phones and the laptops that yeah. everyone would be under the same um the same rule and the and and you know you know, Big Brother is watching. Everyone. Yeah, I, I was
2: going to say that. Yeah, I hope that answers a lot of questions for people listening that mm-hmm. you might be researching or Googling for help, but also know you're also alerting UBT or your family or, or whoever it is that powers the be no as well. So if you can, try and get do that on the outside on a non-brethren technological device.
0: And I think yeah. what this really shows is how far they take religious freedom and that's where I think our laws and governing bodies need to come in and tighten things down because there is such a thing as everybody having their own freedom to their religious beliefs that is true but then there is the extent of what we have within the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church that we know full well could end up in another Jonestown massacre Right. We know that 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 we know that that could go that way. And so there's this fine line in between the two where I believe our government and every country that the PBCC are need to to really tighten down those laws and not allowing something that happened in our history to repeat itself. And this 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 Plymouth Brethren Christian Church has every sign that points to that same direction. It's sad. It's, it's just, it's sad. I mean, we all have family in there. It's the one thing that all of us have in the back of our mind that we want to try and prevent yet. It isn't, it's gotta be the govern the government and the authorities that can make these changes. They make, do they need to make these changes happen?
3: I think they've done a good job worldwide of recognizing coercive control
0: Mm
3: -hmm. in a domestic setting. Yeah. But coercive control needs to, the definition needs to be broadened and they need to recognize that religions can coercively control, you know, cults coercively control, and they need to recognize it's just as dangerous for a religion to exhibit coercive control as it is for in a domestic relationship. Yeah.
0: You know, it's just, it just makes me sad to know that some young teen in there, going through their hormonal changes, questioning so many different things in their life does not have access to help outside their community in a situation where they might they, they are thinking of taking their life. Like that is the biggest number one thing that needs to be taken care of in there. Yeah, yeah. So what did you, did you witness a lot of the um, bullying through, hierarchy knowing that somebody's got more money so to speak or is higher up in the church than somebody else did you ever witness any of that uh
1: yeah so um i i what i find really interesting is um so when i started it uh, at ubt there was only kind of really a small group of us who were not part of um the community and um I remember having a conversation with a couple of people and I was saying, oh, this company pays quite well. Like, you know, it's, it, it's quite good. Um, and they laughed and they said, oh, we're only getting half of what the brethren are. Um, and so I had, you know, 10 years experience behind me and then a, um, you know, a girl who had just come out of, school from the brethren was paying double what I was and I was just like okay this explains why they have so much money um but you could you could then see that of course the women were being paid far less than what the men were um and so you could see this kind of hierarchy and so the the higher your position of course you were getting paid more but it was a significant amount more. Um, and so you weren't just talking, you know, I can speak to the director of my my company that I work for now. I mean, she owns it uh, and I could talk to her as if she is my equal. Um, but you wouldn't have that at, at, at UBT unless you were, you know, good friends outside of you know outside of work. Um, so you could see people talking down to each other. And it was and it was so slight. That was the thing. It wasn't like a big obvious thing um where you would say something so directly and so loud that you know people would you know everyone would hear it and kind of turn around. It would just kind of be like a little a little laugh here and there or just like really like high school you know kind of bullying um but but not being part of the community we faced it a lot um and you know it was kind of it was always kind of made pretty clear where we stood with them so as I mentioned before I was I'm a woman covered in tattoos living with you know a partner out of wedlock um and so they used to kind of look at me like i could see the way that they were looking at me and and you know some of the things that they would say to me that would make me feel really small um and then i you know there was a a guy who came to work who was not part of the community who was you know very clearly and obviously gay and i i remember him walking in and just thinking oh my god walk back out like these people are going to eat you alive like you yeah. Just, just go. Um, and just seeing, that, seeing him kind of dull himself so as to not offend anyone by just being himself. And, of course, like people outside of the community, we didn't care. Be gay, straight, bi, non-binary, be a chicken if you want to be. It doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, watching other people make themselves f- small and unseen so as to not offend a group of people and i you know i spent the the, the year that i was working there this is exactly what i did i made myself small i made myself quiet i made i was not myself at all nobody saw my personality nobody heard my voice no i just did my job and i was quiet about it and you know if things came up if there was ever any issues, I would word it and make sure that it was an issue that, if I could fix it, would help them and help the business. Um, and and you know, I, I the one time that I did speak up, I mean, it was it just went downhill so quickly. So I I spoke up because um, one of the um, brethren women that I was working with was quite nasty home to me and she, um, you know, she called me, she said I was a stupid little monkey and I was just like, oh, cool, that's really rude. And so I went to HR because she was constantly making little comments and I had you know, just grown sick of it. Um, and so I went to HR and the HR department was run by um, people outside of, outside of the Brethren community. So I thought, great, I'm, you know, we can, I can come and tell you my problems. And these, these work issues, this isn't even a, this isn't, has got nothing to do with religion. It's got to do with being in a workplace and feeling safe. Um, And I remember saying to him, like, you know, in HR, I just said, this is, I'm being spoken to like this. And frankly, I've had enough and there's only, I can only make myself so small and so quiet before I burst. Um, and basically the response I got back was, well, unfortunately it's just their beliefs and you just have to deal with it. And I was like, well, no, it doesn't have anything to do with religion. It doesn't have, I don't, it doesn't matter. We're in it's a workplace. It's just place. human
0: decency yeah. and how you should be treated. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 and so, so cool. Yeah, so it was completely. It was everything, including you know the HR department in a workplace was controlled by these 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 rules and um, these be- this belief system. Um, and I remember when I left, uh, I ended up leaving because I was so anxious all the time. I, like I was getting panic attacks, so I was driving to work I would sit in the car park and hyperventilate and you know be crying and just think okay I've got to pull myself together I've got to work and so you know I remember the the she was like my best friend when I was working there and she used to park next to me and she was the same so we would both be in a panic and um was, it's she, not an outsider, well.
2: Pardon? was she an outsider as well
1: yeah so she yeah she was and she you know she was um you know she was 20 years older than me and she was having the same experience as me and so we would both be freaking out in the car and then we used to joke that we were you know walking down the green mile to 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 go to our fate and we'd walk to to the office and you just get in there and I just remember being so anxious all the time and just like having to switch to be this other person because that was expected of me and I was not getting anything. I wasn't getting anything in return. I wasn't part of the community. I was just there to do a job, but I had to do my job being somebody else so as to not make other people feel uncomfortable. And that, that that whole belief system that, you know, that you can make people feel like this or believe that people are like that, that they have to be something so small and quiet and muted and just, you know, you follow the rules or you're made to feel like shit uh, is, is incredibly dangerous because, like, if that's my experience sitting outside of that community, then the people that are sitting in there not only do they probably feel like that, but a lot of them wouldn't even know that that's how they feel because they yeah. that's their d- day-to-day life. And they don't understand that they're probably a much happier and much bigger person, um, but they don't have the opportunity to to be that, to be themselves. And that's where they, why they run into the problems else. that they
0: have now, which is the bullying. Right, which is the alcoholism. You start replacing all these things because you feel so wrong and feel so unfulfilled, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: And you want to feel so it. it uh, yeah, you really. It's really sad that. Um, and it's interesting to hear your perspective on it because it's like an outsider, and and it's yes, it is that, and you're so familiar with the anxieties inside that you think it's everyday norm. You're and there's comfort with familiarity, right? Like if that's yeah. all you've known, it's well. Well, that's all I've known. Um, and there's some sort of safe harbour in that. And it's just so sad to think that, you know, I think about my mum all the time and I'm like, you don't know any different. You think this is normal and yeah. you're constantly ill and nobody can find out why. This is why. It's the yeah. culture or the, the, the group you're a part of, the environment. Did yeah. you ever experience any drinking culture at all? Had you heard yeah. of the drinking culture <laughs> in the breakfast?
1: Yes, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I um I learned pretty quickly that there is uh like a massive alcohol um problem um amongst the brethren men. Um, it's not hard to pick up when somebody has a drinking problem. Um, and uh, I, can, I can pick up, you know, behaviours really quickly. Um, from, from as My father um, used to drink quite a lot, so I can... Uh, he was never abusive, but, of course, you can pick up when somebody does um, drink. And um, so lunch was provided to us uh, every day um, at work, and so we would all have a lunch break, all roughly at around the same time, but, of course, we didn't sit together, so I couldn't sit on the same table. Uh, As you would know, you're not allowed. Um, And so we would get our lunch and um, quite often, so the men were allowed to drink, the brethren men were allowed to drink, so quite often they would have much longer lunch breaks because they were... You know, sitting down and having a drink, and I was sitting there thinking, Well, if you can have something, like, why can't I? Like, you know, just one, <laughs> just a cheeky mug on my lunch break. Why not? Um, <laughs> it's got to yeah. healthy anxiety.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, it was.
3: So uh, alcohol was actually right in the workplace. Like it was. Yeah. Up so, in the
1: workplace. yeah so it was in the workplace. Uh, and uh, even if, we, if there were, uh, you know, there was a um, company that we were partnering uh, with, so we would quite often go to their um, company for, um, you know, to, to learn better about finances and and business models and and you know all those kinds of things. Um, and so we would have lunch there. Um, and I remember walking past. Um, so I was always, of course, I, I was always put in another room um, to eat. Um, but you know, so I would
2: have
1: uh, No, so they weren't. Um, but they they were obviously in, in their own room when it came to um, lunchtime um, and and you know meals. Um, but they would, um, yeah, they would always have bottles and bottles of beer in there and you know not a great deal would be done in the afternoon because everyone's got a belly full of food and beer and that was just kind of the norm like it it just became normal to see people drinking at work on a daily basis um and they never brought it down to their desks but they were you know a one-hour lunch break turned into a two-hour three-hour lunch break and they're all you know Upstairs having a really great time. Um, and yeah, I could see the I could see this like pattern of um where it didn't even look like they would do it, like some of them were not doing it just, you know, to enjoy a drink with their meal. It was almost like a habitual thing, like I need this to be able mm-hmm. to keep yeah. going. Um and I just remember thinking, God, it's really strange that it's completely okay and nobody bats an eyelid it's just if they want another drink just give them another drink and i was thinking if they're able to drink in this way at 12 o'clock you know on a tuesday at work you should see them
2: at 12 o'clock on a sunday
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) why i'm sure
2: yeah did, was would there have been anyone there with an RSA, like a responsible service of alcohol, for legal legally to be our server?
1: Um There was a, they had a chef, um, but I don't know what his licensing was. I mean, there was certainly no, you know, there was there was nothing to say that we were like a licensed premise, like you would see. If you're going to a restaurant or or something mm-hmm. like that, it was just.
0: And wouldn't just it hand- have to be the chef? Would have to be the one handing it out, wouldn't it be? I mean, that's how I know yeah. it to work. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah,
2: I would he,
1: assume so. Yeah. yeah. And was it was the chef handing out help the help yourself,
2: Like, it wouldn't be a um, healthy yeah. thing.
0: That's what I
1: thought. Yeah, it's just yeah. just the fr- there was just fridges that you could help yeah. yourself. See, to, we've heard bread we've heard,
3: um, Yeah, we've heard reports of this in Canada, where in Canada, there's a very strict um, liquor board law Mm -hmm. where it's not to be served without, you know, somebody that's licensed in bartending or whatever. So it's really interesting to hear you say it actually happened. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was it was a it was a. I mean, it was normal. It was a normal thing there. I don't, I mean, I enjoy um, a drink and sometimes I enjoy too many, but I know when it's appropriate to drink. And I don't drink too um, kind Hope of think,
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, like I'm not. And I mean,
0: drinking find- every day, you know, at a workplace that just, you know what I mean, that just, it, that just shouldn't be... <laughs> That's not that's not a common practice in an everyday workplace. I've
2: no. you think ever fa- legal.
3: Yeah. Right. Have you guys ever encountered another workplace that has serves alcohol at the workplace?
0: I haven't. I've never yeah. worked at a workplace.
3: Am though. I the only one that has never seen this before?
2: Uh, the pub down the road from 12 o'clock till late.
3: <laughs> 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 no, workplace Ben, like place where we Well, People it are working work- there,
2: Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> People
3: do work there. That's... Point
2: taken. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to draw the ref the simile here between a pub and yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. go Where back you... to something that you talked about earlier, and it's on um pay and the the, the 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 everything what everybody gets paid. Yeah. Would you say so? We understand every job has you know the more you're qualified, the more you, money you make. Would you say that there's people that are more qualified in a position that get paid less because of their hierarchy inside the business or within a family or leadership position?
1: Um, probably. I mean, I didn't see anybody's paychecks um, personally. Um, what I understood was that the, you know, higher up you are, um, the more that you get paid, and they they were ludicrous amounts. Like I was being I was being paid well, um, but I also had a lot of experience behind me, and uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. without sounding disrespectful, I also had a proper education behind me. Um, and uh, to know that there was people um, who were just coming out of high school that were being paid double yeah.
0: um,
1: and understanding that they were just kind of starting out. Um, I kind of knew some of the pay brackets that, that, you know, some of the managers were in and they were they were huge. They were huge and um, you could kind of I think that you could really understand who sat higher up, um, not just in like a job status but in a family status uh, when they walked into the room, when they walked into the building and the way that people looked at them and spoke to them. um, Mm -hmm. And so you could kind of see that there were, um, you know, families who were... Maybe better known or um, mm-hmm. kind of more respected. And then you could see, you know, other people who um, maybe didn't have that same kind of status being spoken to differently. Um, and I would assume probably being paid differently because, you know, they're, they're basically throwing money at, you know, the popular yeah. kids. Yeah. Is really what it was. Yeah.
0: I'll attach on here two quotes from a business seminar um, that Bruce Hales talked about, the wage between a non-community member and a PBCC member. So I'll attach those on to this so people can get a inside look at how he views this.
1: Might be interested to see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite,
0: it's quite the, yeah. It was shocked me when I saw it. Yeah. It but really, it,
2: much- it really solidifies what you're saying. Like it, it I think the, yeah. the general impression was that you, you look after the brethren better, which I understand you look after your own family better, but not, not to a point where it's, you know, brutally unfair or borderline illegal. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I mean, this is even family, right? We're talking about just because they're a part of an actual religious group that they get paid more than somebody who is not a non, like that. that is literally a violation of your human rights. That is is completely religious discrimination. And so those are the stories that we're collecting right now. So if you are someone who has worked for the PBCC and know of this, Please email us at info.getalife at proton.me. We're collecting these stories right now. And so, very, did you find, too, as a female, right, that you were very much more looked down on than. It, t- get, talk to us a little bit more about the difference between a female's role there versus a male's
1: role.
2: I was literally um, about to ask that. So, I was yes. Say, talk to us about misogyny, misogyny <laughs> and homophobia.
1: Was there yeah. any homophobia as well? Oh yes, there was. There was homophobia, and I do have a story on that. Um, but it was, yeah. Look, being a being a woman there, um, the the so that like all of our job titles, and this is this is brethren women and um, worldly women. Um, all of our roles were were essentially. Um, you know, regardless of what we were actually doing, they were all low, low roles. Uh, and and when I say low, I mean like very basic kind of admin roles. And to be fair, the the brethren women that were working there were doing really basic um, admin stuff. They weren't doing, you know, what me and some of the other women were doing. Um, and um really we were hired um, because they didn't have the skill set and the experience within their own community which is why they started to hire people from outside the community because we all had um, you know a background and a knowledge that they simply could not attain um, within the within their their community Um, but it was also I mean, I could have gone in there and and been the smartest scientist in the world, but I, you know, would have been given a role even if I was, you know, doing all these science experiments and, you know, whatever. I my role would be, you know, admin assistant. <laughs> yeah. And that, and it. So it was. It was.
2: EAS really is sales executive assistant
1: yeah and so and then you would see that um you know like i i remember getting really pissed off one day um because i my my boss was um um demoted um because he had not been doing his job um, and uh, and and I was given another manager who was um, ten years my junior, and it was his first role ever. And he was my manager, and I was teaching him what to do because he had no clue. He just finished school, um, but he came in with a, with quite a high position, and I'm sure a fantastic pay. But I was teaching him what to do. I was telling him how to do his job and how to work certain certain systems because he had absolutely no clue, but you wouldn't see that with a woman. You wouldn't have a brethren woman come in and get, you know, a high position. It just wouldn't happen. There there was no uh, there was no female managers from the Brethren community. We had one um we had one manager that was hired who was outside of the um outside of the brethren and she uh what she was a manager she was basically the office manager um but yeah they gave that position to a worldly woman not to a brethren woman that's too high for a brethren woman yeah wow
0: i'm going to read this because i found the quote so When non-community staff are hired at a lot lower rates of pay than community, how should this be handled to avoid discrimination? This is Bruce Hales' answer. Well, if they are good non-community staff, give them a 50% pay rate rise tomorrow and tell them to stop complaining or leave. The other thing is I've always believed in a workplace that wages are confidential. The person in charge of the pay office should have no contact with anybody in the organization about salary levels or any other benefits except the boss, just the boss. You understand that round here, don't you? This is mafia town, isn't it? (laughs) So, I mean, we're just sitting here. We're just discussing how someone who just comes out of school gets a job above you. With a much higher power, and has no clue what to do. Like, that's what I'm just talking about. There's so much.
2: They wouldn't even have considered putting you in there because, for a start, you're a woman. Like, they wouldn't um, even. Well,
1: that- uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't even consider bringing up the conversation when I was there. I wouldn't, because I just thought, well, no. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they've got me because of my skill and my experience but I'm still nothing to them like I'm just here to do to do a job and if they could have found a you know a brethren man to to do the same job they would have and I wouldn't have been hired nor have and uh, would anybody else be hired outside of the community but they don't have that skill set they don't have the knowledge they don't have the experience because their their education system is is Really, very um small compared to what you can learn in the world, um, and they
2: don't want that because that enables critical thinking, where they they, they capitalise on your critical thinking to turn it inwards. So you are, you know, it's quite cannibalising your own self-esteem basically. So you're constantly critical critically analysing mm-hmm. yourself, and therefore you don't have the energy nor the time to start criticising the system. Yeah, and that's why they don't allow higher grades of education because then you'll start to turn your critical thinking towards the system.
0: No, now they have Bruce. They've got their own, all their extracurricular courses that they take that makes them feel like they're having university degrees, which they're they're not. (laughs) Sorry, but they're not. I want to get to the other half of this quote. So this is on the other end of the spectrum with regarding community, like PPCC members. How should we be handling requests for increased pay? So Bruce Hale's answers. good question. If there are any staff that you are paying any less than double the minimum wage, you should put them up by 50% of what you're paying them now and see if you can tie it into productivity. But if you've got staff, you must pay them what they need. That comes back to the question before about examining their household budget. So a, a complete different response and how he addressed it, right? Whereas the next a non-community PBCC member is just like, you double their pay. And then if they don't like it, they can leave Whereas someone, and I mean, that that's just, it's just a stark black and white difference of how they're approaching the system. And so then you get some of these young kids that are just coming off school coming in a lot of, we've had lots of stories come in about how cocky they are with how much they're getting paid. And so that's how pay, pay raises and pay, um, what they're getting paid is being talked about because these people get very cocky when there's, they're taught to look down on non PBCC members, right? Mm-hmm. And how they come down on them is through how much they're getting paid because they're so money orientated. They're so wealth orientated. They're not orientated on um, intelligence and good skills. And like, what do I need to do to actually be good at what I do? They are obsessed and motivated by wealth and money. So that's how that, everybody starts discussing it because that's how that's what they use to show that they're above you
1: Hmm. it's sad yeah it really is
0: and it's not right so i mean i don't know how you go about this that so if anybody is experiencing this and you're still working for them i mean i guess the first thing would be you know you have the right to lodge a human rights complaint Right. That's you can go to HR if you don't get anywhere there. There's people that are up above that you can go and lodge these complaints because I do think this is another avenue that needs to be addressed.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely. Or reach out to us and we can share your story or Cheryl. No, yeah. Not me.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But. So how long did it take for you to recover and recuperate from working with them? Did it take you a bit to bounce back, like mental health-wise?
1: Yes. So I actually uh, ended up taking a few months off work because I was just a mess. I felt like I didn't know who I was. Um, I was so dehumanized um, that it became... I was so scared to go into another workplace and feel the same way. And and I knew that that wouldn't happen because I, but I was worried that I would apply for a role and I would go back into a brethren Mm -hmm. business um, and which I really didn't, like I really didn't want. Um, And it also took a while for me to feel like myself again and to feel like, you know, I could just be myself and nobody was thinking that I was, you know, the scum of the earth. And, and I, I find that, like, it's so sad that, you know, I felt that way um, because to me it was just a year and I was not part of the community so I could resign and walk away from it and just go, well, you, you guys have you're, you're quite damaging but I've got a good life outside of this that and I've got good support I've got you know I even though I don't feel like myself I know you know who I am and I can get back to that and um, it be okay Um, but yeah it did t- it did take a while and I still you know I think that's it's when I started um, seeing Ben's videos that I was just like, oh god, there's so much stuff that I haven't spoken about, and it's been what six, seven years since I've left, and I, you know, I'll I'll notice it if if I'm walking down the street, and so I'm not living, um, like i I'm, I'm in a rural town now, so there's no brethren where we are, um, but if I'm ever like in a bigger town or a bigger city. Um, and I see, um, you know, people from from the Brethren community. It kind of all make most like my kind of my heart stops for a second, and I'm just like, oh God, that was such a terrible, mm-hmm. yeah, time. And it and it wasn't necessarily each individual person. I mean, there are some beautiful people there, absolutely,
0: who are, yeah,
1: who are kind and were were you know happy and okay with um you know getting to know people outside of their community but there were also a lot of people who were really pissed off about it and you know didn't didn't want us there didn't want to look at us didn't want to talk to us like the amount of times that I would go to say hello and put my hand out to shake their hand well they're not going to shake my hand they would just look at me and keep walking and I just thought okay um and so I think about, yeah, how I how it made me feel, and that's a fraction I imagine of how yeah. some people within the community would feel because it's not only their work life; it's twenty four hours a day, seven days a week for their entire lives. Yeah, and you know. I, I, I wonder how many, how many of them sit there and question, is this, is this normal? Should I be feeling this way? Should I be, you know, believing, believing this? And and what I, you know, kind of think about is it, it's not even, I, I don't think that the, um, the teachings in the Brethren have really got anything to do with, you know, Jesus Christ. I think yeah. that it's it's all about you know control, indoctrination, and everything around that. And they use
0: well, you know, yeah.
1: The, they use well. They also use the God as a oh yeah, because it's, it, we're doing it for 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 him.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. No. Before we go, I just want to, and I I do think that this is something I wanted to say on air before is I do think that there should be a database made of brethren businesses and made available to people that is no different than people boycotting, boycotting store or, you know, brands like Coca-Cola, Target, whatever. There's many people that have gone underneath the scrutiny of certain things that they believe in or have said and have been boycotted and it is it has nothing to do it's not defamatory it is literally having a database giving people the choice of like, do I want to support these people or do I not want to support these people? It's no different than looking in your name tag and being like, ah, you know what? That was made in China. I don't want to support that. I want to support someone local. Well, why don't you support China? We don't support people choose not to support that due to some of their morals. It is no different than the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. They have morals that are inhumane. They have morals that are literally
2: they're extremely homophobic yes exactly
0: so i mean number one we could even place it just right on that they're anti-gay and so how many people boycott people who are anti-gay it is no difference and i agree there needs to be a database that people can go in and research and say hey i want to make sure that i'm not supporting these people because i don't want to that is what we're all about right now in society people are opening up their ears they're opening up their eyes Understanding that they don't want to support, they don't want their money going to someone who I get are anti-gay, homophobic, racist, um, misogynistic, very misogynistic. Yeah. Support and hide pedophilia, like. And I do think that this is something. So if anybody's out there and wants to have this task, go right ahead. Uh, email me and say that you're up for the task. I do think this database needs to be available, and to the PBCC, no, it's not defamatory. It's not at all. It is about holding you accountable to your morals. And because you have these morals, there is um, a cause effect because of it. It's no different so than I'm, anything else.
3: I'm going to correct you on one thing. They're not morals. They're <laughs> beliefs. Morals infer yeah, something true. is right against something that is wrong. The things that they follow are not morals because they're not right. Yeah, They are beliefs. And um, Morals usually pertain to something that they follow it for a reason because it's biblically sound or, you know, something like that. What they follow are called beliefs. They're not yeah. morals.
2: But even atheists have morals? Like it's a code of, like it's a similar language all throughout, right? It's, it's. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Carmen. Did you, yeah. you were going to tell us a story about some homophobic incidents floss?
1: Oh yeah. I, I, uh... I understood really um how um that it was kind of almost beyond homophobia like it 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 kind of almost blew my mind probably one because I to me there's no I've never cared about anybody's sexual orientation or the way that they um you know identify themselves it's it's you're a good person or you're a bad person. Anything else apart from that, I, I don't care. Um, and um, so, yes, yeah, so I kind of learnt, uh, this is, I was having a conversation with my boss at the time and he was talking about um, uh, what, that he'd he gone um he'd gone for a walk maybe with his family or they'd gone somewhere and his um, his son needed to go to the bathroom and um, they didn't want to go into the pub um, that they were walking past, um, you know, not really their thing. They didn't want to be around those people. And I thought, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, and so he went to a public, uh, like into a public toilet with his son and he had mentioned that um you know two men from the um two men from the pub had gone to use the restroom now they, they weren't in there doing anything they were having a wee and that was it um and he and so my boss um didn't see it that way he saw it as if two men are going into the bathroom together, they're going to go and have homosexual relations. And he said that he was absolutely traumatised. He was shaking. His son was shaking. He was trying not to vomit um, and that um, he had to speak to one of the people at the church to try and move past this incident. And I said to him, but all they were doing was, you know, having a wee. They weren't doing anything. Um, and he's like, no, you don't understand. Like it was just, like the thought of it is just so horrific. Like what they were doing in there, and and I, I, I just couldn't. It just didn't make sense to Where's me. Where's
2: the evidence? Did you see anything? Well, it was so I,
1: crazy. yeah, and 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 I just thought if you can work yourself up so much so that you have to go and speak to an elder in the church. About seeing two men literally just going to use the bathroom. And like, who cares if they went in there to do anything else? Like, I mean, there's your, there's your,
0: like how high the fear is on their indoctrination. Yeah. And also
2: how wild the narratives are that they spin. Like, it's, it was the same reason you don't go to gyms because all that happens in the bathrooms is sex. I'm like,
1: I've never seen that in my life. Yeah, what what gyms are I they going to? Think of to? a more
2: uncomfortable or unsanitary place to have sex.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was. It's just this. Yeah, the 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 way that that he was so worked up about it, and there was, you know, a conversation around it at work on how terrifying it was. And I thought, oh, my God, well, you really wouldn't want to see, like... Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, yeah, no, Mardi Gras would absolutely, <laughs> like, tip them over the edge. But, yeah. you know, th- it was. It's It's so... It's The, the fear runs so deeply yeah. that yeah, they create this narrative when nothing is happening. Um,
2: and this is where a lot of the mental health issues suffer from. I don't know if he suffered from mental health, but... A yes. lot of them stem from that, and then they they go co- like hand in hand with alcohol, so you've got this you know awful mix or a cocktail of, of, of a human because they are constantly imagining or with the fears that have been put in them on top of that alcohol, which it's you know accentuates that,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really clear to see that there was, um, you know, I mean. Mm. Homophobia there was completely normal, um, and uh, I mean, I certainly didn't agree with it. I thought that was really disgusting. I thought that the way that the women um, were treated was um, wrong um, and really sad. Um, but yeah, the 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 belief systems that they have um, just are so out of this world in that they're, they're so quick to um, make those that aren't you know the perfect the perfect cookie cutout of of what they want to be less than nothing. Um, and when it comes to mental health, I mean I saw people with mental health issues constantly. You could see people that were clearly depressed. You could see people yeah. that were clearly anxious. You could see people that were wanting to jump out of their own skin and do, do something else and see something else. And, um, you know, I would have loved to have been able to just grab onto them and shake them and say, like, there, there's, there's, there's a whole world that, you know, you're missing out on and, um, because of these beliefs and 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 th- this kind of rules that you're following that that only really come from they come from one man one family and whatever he says goes and it's and yeah. it's got nothing to do it's got nothing to do with god it's got nothing to do with religion it's got to do yeah. with control and i mean like i when I was younger, I used to. Um, I was Christian when I was younger, and I decided not really for me, but you know, the people that I was going to church with, beautiful people, and not all of them, but you know, you don't have to be, you know, religious to be a good person. You don't have to if you believe that there is a that there is a God and there is a heaven and a and a hell. I mean, my belief is if there is a God and he is a just God, regardless of whether I have spent my life believing in him or not, um, if I get to the pearly gates and there he is, if I've been a good person and treated yeah. others with kindness and respect, then why would I be sent to an eternity in hell? Yeah. When exactly. you've
2: already done a year and a bit, was it at UVT? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. This is this <laughs> is what I have.
2: This like this banter or not banter because it's not back and forth. But this same thing with my dad is like you're. You know, I remember him saying, "You're going to spend eternity without the without the family." I'm like, "Perfect, sign me up." I couldn't <laughs> spend twenty four years of my life with my family, let alone in eternity. That would be hell. <laughs> yeah
0: uh we're so grateful that you came on floss i guess we could leave this with you met bruce hales and you you weren't you didn't come out feeling like you were on top of the world instead you came
2: out is it a (laughs) yay or a nay
1: it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seems to be, that
0: seems to be the, the story that everybody gives that if they do meet him, yeah. You're not magically transformed and feeling like you're, you know, just met the, the, the God of the world. And yeah. No,
1: it probably would have been kinder to just spit on me. Really?
2: <laughs> he probably would have because he thought you were a whore
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i really think they they need to look up that definition and realize yeah. that and
2: yeah just just to put it out there for on the record there's nothing wrong with being a whore the difference is the, or oh, the, the thing you're missing here it's consensual consent is something that is really misunderstood in the brethren like it doesn't matter if you're a whore or what you are it's consent
1: yeah absolutely
2: <laughs> well thanks so much floss that was interesting
1: yeah, well, thank you. Very it It's very enlightening.
0: And I think these stories are so important coming forward from those that are not a PPCC member and coming from the actual public because you've got no vendetta. You, I mean, that's what we get told we have. We have this vendetta. I don't have a vendetta. I just want to know that my nieces and nephews and any extended family I have in there are safe. That is yeah. my vendetta, so to speak. Is that I just want safety. Yeah. And you know, it's 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 super sad to hear that this is what they treat non-members like. Um, that is not Christianity. It's no. it's not even yeah. I don't know, I get to the point where I don't even have words anymore because it's just so shocking how they how they treat humans. Yeah.
1: Well, there's very little human decency, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, hopefully, hopefully things change. I mean, we've got a lot of things on the go here and working through things. And I'm sure one day there'll be a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And it is people like you that come on and pour your heart on here that allow these changes to take place. So thank you so much, Floss. Oh, Thank you.
3: Yes. Thank you. Take
0: care, everyone. Until next time. Bye-bye. If you are in a high-demand religious group and need help, please go to oliveleaf.network. To share your story or be a guest on the show, email info.getalife at
1: proton.me. Please remember to like this video Subscribe to get a life and comment.